Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, another fantastic open by Mario Ruiz. Lakers get their first win of the season. Uh, you got to feel good about last night's win to an extent here, to an extent here. I don't want to get too excited or anything along those lines. Uh, but it's great to be here. Great to be doing Lakers talk tonight. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We'll go till 8 p.m. tonight, so one hour of Lakers talk tonight. Uh, a couple things that we got coming up. We'll talk about the Lakers' first week, their regular season, how it went, last night's game, and what Carmelo Anthony did for the Lake Show and what we can expect from Carmelo the rest of the season. Um, Mark Medina, NBA writer for NBA.com, is going to join at 7.30. We'll talk a little AD and Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook so far. So we got a lot to get into. So let's, uh, let's get right into it. Uh, again, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Um, okay, so this is how I wanted to start the show. Uh, yes, I want to assess how the Lakers did last night. Yes, I want to talk about their first win of the season. But let's also just look at the Lakers in their first week. So last time I did Lakers talk, it was the night before the Lakers were about to start. They're about to tip off against the Golden State Warriors. Um, that was going to be the opener. It was October 19th, I think was the date. And then since then, Lakers have played three games, so... Let me just kind of give my assessment so far. We got a long way to go. Um, I don't know how else I can describe it, but that's that's where the Lakers are right now. Got a long way to go. That The team that we're watching or that we watched in this first week, um, it is a long time coming before we get a finished product. And I could say this because, and I've tried as best as I can relaying it, whether it's on this show on Lakers Talk or if I'm doing the pregame or postgame or doing the show with Travis in the mornings. I've tried to relay as best as I can what the expectation is for the Los Angeles Lakers within that locker room. Within the locker room and within that front office, they have never at any point said and have come out and said, oh, we're going to come out the gate and we're going to look fantastic. We're going to come out the gate and this is going to be right right from the start, right from the beginning, this is going to be amazing Los Angeles Lakers basketball. No one has said that within the organization, whether it's Coach Vogel or it's LeBron James or it's Anthony Davis or Russell Westbrook or Carmelo Anthony or Dwight Howard. Go down the list because each one of these guys have really, in my opinion, gone out of their way to say, hey, this is going to take a second. And I think this first week of Lakers basketball is a perfect, perfect way to describe that this is obviously for the long haul. Um, Lakers are not built to win in October. The idea and the concept is that they're built to win in April, in May, and in June. That's the hope, and um, you know that's certainly the goal. So walking away from the first week, when I say there's a long way to go, um, I couldn't agree or I, I couldn't you know say that lightly because what, at least for me, I saw a team, Lakers went up against the Golden State Warriors where Steph Curry struggled from the field, did not play that well. LeBron James and Anthony Davis combined, what was it, 67 points and 22 rebounds. Um, They both had great nights. It was a 34 and a 33. Both had 11 rebounds. And the Lakers lost at home to the Warriors against Jordan Poole and a couple of these other guys, role player type of players. So right out the gate, you said, okay, wait, let let me think about this. So the Golden State Warriors are probably at best 
without Clay Thompson. They also missing Wiseman, their uh, their young center. At best, they're a five six seed in the Western Conference. Now, when Clay comes back, that's a different conversation. But obviously, that has not been the case so far. So that's a team that you would think, okay, Lakers are going to handle the you know Golden State Warriors. Didn't happen. Lakers lost. Then they go up against the Phoenix Suns on a Friday night game. Um, obviously at Staples Center, first three games all at Staples Center. And, you know, Michael and I would spend time in the pregame show saying, man, how great is this matchup? I mean, you got these two squads going up. I mean, Lakers got to have a chip on their shoulder. It's the Suns that took them out. And really what happened is the Phoenix came out, uh, the Phoenix Suns came out, laid the wood to the Lakers. At one point, Lakers were down 32, and there was no message sent. If there was any message sent, it was the Phoenix Suns saying, for everybody that continues to say, well, if Anthony Davis was healthy, the Lakers would have won, that was their motivation to say, okay, let's get the season started and let's see how this goes at Staples Center. Phoenix handled business. And then last night, which is kind of going to be my transition to last night's game, um, they take on a Memphis Grizzlies team, which I don't think is that far off of what the expectations are for the Warriors with the Warriors not being healthy. A seventh seed, an eighth seed, maybe at best a sixth seed. Um, Memphis is not expected to be hanging around where the Phoenix Suns are and the Utah Jazz and some of these other elite teams in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets, use them as an example. And Memphis was a free throw away in the fourth quarter off a Kent Bazemore foul, off a three-pointer that that John Morant took there in the final couple of seconds. They're free throw away from sending the game into overtime. So I say all that because the way I looked at this first week of Lakers basketball, it was fun to have them back. It was fun to have a rock and staple center. It was fun to obviously have meaningful games again. I mean, I can tell you how you know how boring those preseason games were because you just know that they didn't mean anything to the Lakers, so they weren't going to put out their best product. But as the dust settled in the first week, that's that's kind of what I take out from the first week of basketball for the Lakers. They got a long way to go. There's no other way to put it. They have a long way to go. And you know, if I, if I said, okay, well, let me. Let me describe a couple things that I like and maybe a couple things that I dislike. What I like is the potential of what it could look like down the road. That part's real. I mean, when Russell Westbrook starts figuring out what his role with the Lakers is and understands that the more he plays like Russell Westbrook, the more uh, it's advantageous to the Lakers. When Anthony Davis um, you know, continues to get in a, a rhythm where uh, I'm the baddest man in the world, and no nobody six eleven seven foot is better than me in the league. And he shows it every single night. When Carmelo continues to do what he does off the bench, when these other role players get comfortable, like the Malik Monks um, and, and so Kent Bazemore, and some of these other guys that you know are going to have rotational minutes when they get healthy, when Trevor Ariza and Wayne Ellington and Tht and Kendrick Nunn, all these guys work their way back, the potential of what the Lakers could be. You understand that that potential is going to be there. You know that it's only going to get better. But I am now completely sold on the it's going to take time, and I believe that as well. As much as you've heard the organization or the coaching staff say, guys, it's going to take a second here. We're not going to just come out the gate and start just handling teams. When I heard them say it you know, in the past during some of these interviews or meetings or whatever the case is, I'm like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, just come out to a fast start. We we know we know you're supposed to say that, but let, let's come out here and play some good basketball. Um, but I think it's becoming more and more realistic that it's going to take uh, take some time. The things I'm not that crazy about that I think, um, you know, certainly for the Lakers, they got to be a better defensive team. I don't know how many quarters now I'm doing. I do updates at the end of the first and the third quarter 
like a 60-second update, and I'm always looking, okay, how did they do in this specific quarter? A lot of these quarters, Lakers are giving up 35, 37 points, 39 points in a quarter. So defensively, the Lakers obviously have to be so much better. Um, And I also want to see them, you know, when, when the going gets tough, Hey, show a different type of character. Show when there's adverse situations that um, you're not looking at the referees, you're not complaining, that you just kind of understand, hey, this is part of the flow of a game. Not every call is going to go our way. Oh, by the way, if another team is doing something that we can't figure out how to stop, let's work together to try to come up with a solution. Um, those are the things that I would say that I've kind of you know noticed so far. Uh, I think AD has been okay, nothing special. Um, I think Russ... Is and I'm going to spend some time talking about Russ in just a second. I think the Russell Westbrook piece of there's some things you like and then there's some things that certainly will have to improve. So um, to sum up the first week of Lakers basketball, we got a long way to go. They're one and two, a loss to the Warriors, a loss to the Phoenix Suns, and then they squeak by getting a win from the Memphis Grizzlies last night. Um, speaking of last night's game, how did the Lakers squeak by? Carmelo Anthony put up 28 points last night. 28 points for Carmelo Anthony. I don't know about you guys, but I can only describe myself in this situation, this predicament. Um, this is what I've always thought Carmelo Anthony was going to be for the Lakers this year. Okay, hey, you know what? Nice role player. Vet's been in the league for a long time. Yeah, can you really expect a lot of minutes from Carmelo Anthony at this stage of his career? Probably not. Hey, can he get you 12 to 15 points a night and... Uh, you know, I'm not, nobody's expecting Carmelo to play 78 to 80 games this year, so I think you know you just kind of have realistic expectations. What I did not think what would happen for Carmelo Anthony, and maybe he'll just have games like this every once in a while, is he drop 28 points in 28 minutes, go 10 of 15 from the field, six of eight from the three point line. If Carmelo Anthony, you know, this is the best example that I can give. I did so many post game shows last season where. We were disappointed by Kyle Kuzma. Man, Kuzma would come off the bench and um, he'd shoot a low percentage and he had wide open threes and he didn't hit those threes. And hey, listen, he was trying. He was trying to play more defense. He was trying to be an asset to the Lakers. But the reality is we always thought um, Kyle Kuzma would be a specific fit for the Lakers and it never happened. Carmelo, at this stage of his career, pretty much fits that role perfectly. Hey, I don't need to come in and play 30 minutes a night. By the way, at this stage of his you know career, uh, I don't know if his body would allow him to do that anyways, but can he come in and give you 20 minutes a night? And oh, by the when he is in, can he be that spot-up shooter that you can depend on um, that could give you big-time minutes in key situations, and he could hit those jumpers, and he could hit that open three, or there's so much attention to LeBron James or Anthony Davis, or it's Russ penetrating and finding Carmelo open in the corner. I think he can be that guy for you. And, you know, I I use the Kyle Kuzma portion as an example just because that's the best comp that I have. I feel like he's going to fill that role for the Lakers, even though he's much more established in his career and everything else. But I think he can fill that role for the Lakers, and he could do it in a consistent manner. But if this guy's coming in off the bench, like I said, 12 to 15 points a game, he's a consistent threat off the outside, and he's a consistent scorer off the bench, what more can you ask for? And I don't think we should be expecting... 28 points a night like he did um like he did uh last night um okay something also pretty special with Carmelo yesterday so I'm sitting there yesterday at the Lakers game to my right is one of the Lakers public relations uh Noah um 
great guy. He's telling me, he's like, you know, do you know uh, Carmelo's X amount of points away from passing Moses Malone for number nine on the list? I'm like, excuse me? I, I don't know why. I, I, I can't really describe why this is the case. I guess I just forgot Carmelo was top 10 all-time in scoring. Top 10 all-time in scoring. And yesterday he passes Moses Malone, so he's number nine now. Um, how ridiculous. I mean, I, I the, the, the players in front of him, it's just, you know, Shaq and Dirk and Kobe and Jordan and Kareem and Wilt. And, I mean, it just an unbelievable, unbe- unbelievable list. But I think it put things a little bit in perspective for me yesterday that um, what Carmelo has accomplished in his, in his career, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, are you doing it in a ton of meaningful games? And if you are doing it in meaningful, game, meaningful games, it's more on the forefront. And maybe because Carmelo hasn't had – you know, these long, crazy playoff runs, or he's been um, the third player on a team that I guess I just haven't paid attention, but pretty damn impressive uh, yesterday from Carmelo Anthony. Okay, quick shout-out here. Uh, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Greatly appreciate their partnership on Lakers Talk. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Um, Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons. Off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change, we appreciate their partnership here. A couple things I want to do when we come back, and just a quick reminder, Mark Medina is coming up here in uh, about 7.30 or so. Uh, He'll be coming on um, to talk some Lakers basketball with us. I want to talk about the Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard situation from Friday night's game. ESPN put out power rankings. They ranked the Lakers number eight. Um, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with that one. Um, So we'll do all that coming up next. And just a quick little what we think of Russell Westbrook so far with the Los Angeles Lakers. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Beach vacation over camping? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Lakers taking on, got a two-game road trip coming up here. San Antonio, Oklahoma City, so they play tomorrow and Wednesday back-to-back for the Lakers. Get a couple road games in the mix here. Um, ESPN did their power rankings, so uh, very simple. This is what they're going to do. They did a pre uh, preseason ranking before the season started. Now they're at week number two. Um, so where do the Lakers let – me, let me actually go through the power ranking real quick because – um, you know, usually I try to come out and I defend our Los Angeles Lakers. Not here to defend them tonight. Not here to defend them. And I say that kind of jokingly because here we are in game uh, week two. Milwaukee, uh, number one seed. Utah, number two. Denver, number three. Brooklyn, number four, who, by the way, is one and two. Does somebody explain to me why the Brooklyn Nets are ranked number four in these power rankings? Isn't it supposed to be based just upon how you do, where you are in the season, how you did in that week? Uh, Golden State is 3-0. and They're number five. Miami takes number six. Philly takes number seven. And here are the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, preseason ranking, or before the season started, they had them ranked number three. They now have them at number eight. 
Uh, Lakers are one and two. Lakers lost to the Golden State Warriors, and they also lost to the Phoenix Suns. They have not played good basketball. They almost lost yesterday against the Memphis Grizzlies, which brings me to where the Memphis Grizzlies are. Grizzlies are 15th. I joked around this morning, Travis and I are going through some of this, and I'm like, Travis, how did they, how are the Lakers eighth? Have you, anybody watched how the Lakers have done? And listen, I've said this, this isn't me trying to bash the Lakers. I'm genuinely not. This is just the reality. They didn't have a good week. And that the expectations for the Lakers are, okay, well, they're going to need some time to figure some stuff out. They had three home games. They lost two of them against teams that, in my opinion, if the Golden State Warriors, until they get Clay back, until they get James Wiseman, they kind of coming into the year is, okay, they're going to be borderline 500 team, borderline playoff team. Now when Clay comes back, that's a completely different story. Maybe we're under assessing the Golden State Warriors, but I think Memphis is in a similar position. So Lakers uh, cracked the top eight. Still haven't figured out how, but they did crack the top eight. Um, Okay, so situation in game two. I won't spend too much time on this, but I did want to address it. So Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, obviously that happened on Friday night. Yes, that was a few days ago. Yes, that was a couple days ago. But, uh, you know, for Lakers talk, I I do like to have these conversations on this show since it's all specifically about the Los Angeles Lakers. So Lakers lose to the Suns. Um, You know, there was a a point in that game. um, Let's see what this was. I want to say it was in late in the second quarter, something along those lines. Lakers were struggling. Uh, and there's no other way to put it. Lakers struggled against the Phoenix Suns. Suns outplayed the Lakers. But there was a point where Anthony Davis was upset at Dwight Howard because some pick-and-roll rotations. It's actually going to be part of the conversation I bring up with Mark Medina when he comes on. Mark Medina coming on here at 730. Um, so there was some frustration that the way the Lakers were playing – and Anthony Davis was frustrated with uh, Dwight Howard on some pick-and-roll rotation, something along those lines. Got to be honest with you guys, did not like the look of this. I just didn't. You know, I, I, I hated seeing two Lakers, two teammates, getting into a little pushing, shouting match on the sidelines in Game 2 of the regular season. You know, it's not like we're in a playoff game. It's not like you're 60 games in. It's not like there's this huge, large sample size of what this team looks like. I didn't like it. And to be honest with you, you know, if we're going to point a finger or anything along those lines, um, it's the AD portion that I didn't like. I didn't like the AD portion because AD is a franchise player. He is the present and the future of this franchise. As in, currently, currently with LeBron James, those are the two faces of the organization. And when LeBron James decides, hey, I'm going to hang it up, I'm done playing, what an unbelievable career, and uh, I'm going to go now enjoy my time with my family and do everything else that he's going to do post his NBA career. Anthony Davis is going to be a key piece. I'm not telling you that he'll be the only piece because you're not winning a championship if AD is the only piece on your squad, but he's going to be a key piece for the Lakers for a number of years down the road. The piece I didn't like, like about Anthony Davis, I think part of his evolution is going to be leadership. I think part of his evolution is going to be not just, hey, get down on the block, bang down there, get three block shots a game, grab 12 rebounds, and drop 30 for the Lakers. It's also going to be the leadership that uh, is such a key part of you know team success. If you have not only really, really good players, but how do they lead? How do they motivate? 
And AD, I thought, overreacted on something in Game 2. That probably just wasn't a good look. Save that for the locker room. Save that at halftime. Go you and Dwight Howard. Have a heated conversation if you want. And tell Dwight Howard, um, I need you to do this because if not, I'm the one that looks like I'm not rotating on my guy or whatever the case. Whatever the argument is, do it behind closed doors. I just didn't like seeing it. That's my own personal opinion. Didn't like seeing it. And I think Anthony Davis is such a, you know, obviously key piece. Dwight Howard's towards the end of his career. And and by the way, Dwight Howard, this ain't a rookie. This is somebody that's a Hall of Famer established in this league. There's a way to approach somebody like that. You know, let's not forget that Dwight Howard has also sacrificed for this Lakers team. So I was not a fan of that situation. Um, you know, there were some quotes right after the game where they talked about how uh, Dwight Howard said, we squashed it right then and there. We just had a disagreement about something that was on the floor. We're both very passionate about winning. We didn't want to lose a game. We're just passionate. Uh, we got it out of the way. We're grown men. Things happen. Just kind of goes on. I don't think there's anything more than that. But my observation was um, AD, part of his evolution as he's 28 years old and he's carrying the keys of the Los Angeles Lakers franchise, which is some very, very heavy keys to own, um, you also got to, I think, do things the right way, show that you can be a leader on the floor, a leader off, all that stuff. And AD's never given any, any indication that he can't be all that, um, you know, for the for the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. I just wish it was handled differently. And I hate seeing it. You know, Michael was telling me we're doing the pregame show yesterday before the Lakers-Memphis game. He's like, oh, that's not a storyline. You guys are soft and this and that. Michael's getting into his rant. I'm like, Michael, think about this. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. It's the Los Angeles Lakers brand. It's a nationally televised game on ESPN. You're going to tell me two big names like Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis if they don't have some type of a shouting match or they're upset each other, that that's not going to be picked up by every network, including ESPN and every Twitter and Instagram, all these posts. And everything. Of course it is. That just comes with the territory. Like If this happened in Sacramento or if it happened in Memphis, probably not much of a story, but... It's the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, one other thing I want to get into before we get to Mark Medina, who um, covers the NBA, NBA writer for NBA.com. Quick assessment on Russell Westbrook so far. So, Russ last night had an interesting stat line. 13 points, 13 assists, 7 rebounds. Um, By the way, just look at it from just that perspective. And 4 steals. I'll take that every night. I think most Laker fans will. This is what Russ, there's the good and the bad that comes with Russ. The good is he'll do everything on the floor, get you some points, crash the boards, and dish out 13 dimes. This is what makes Russell Westbrook so special. The bad is he's still struggling so much from the field. I don't know how much that's going to change over time. He's just you know not going to be known for a high-percentage shooter or anything along those lines, an efficient uh, shooter from the field. He's 5 of 15 from the field yesterday. One of four from the three-point line, two of four from the free-throw line. Free-throw line, he's really struggling at. But the biggest glaring stat, nine turnovers for Russell Westbrook. You know what I want more than anything else? I'm sure many Laker fans agree with this. I want Russell Westbrook to be Russ. No question about it. You know what? Don't think. Just play basketball. Do what you do. And Anthony Davis said this a couple games ago. said, once uh, Russell Westbrook just starts being himself, we'll adjust to you which is pretty powerful to you know, obviously say that for somebody like Russell Westbrook, that the team will adjust to the way he plays. We all want that to happen, uh, but the turnover thing for me is just that's the only thing I care about. Can't have your point guard commit nine turnovers. You just cannot have your point guard commit nine turnovers. 
obviously for the Lakers. When I say point guard, of course, LeBron's got the ball in his hand a ton, just too many. So the less careless he is with the ball, the more he's taking care of the ball, the better chance Lakers are going to have have to win games, the better chance this team is going to be in a month, in 60 days, in 90 days. So that's the Russell Westbrook piece right there. Um, coming up next, Mark Medina, NBA writer for NBA.com. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? Well, it shouldn't be. The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You do not stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning is within reach. Uh, so appreciative to have Stat Hero a part of this show. Um, a part of uh, the Travis and Sliwa show. So we greatly appreciate their partnership. Very simple how it works. Download the app, um, and I'll give you all the information I do that. Uh, you're a football fan. You're a baseball fan. I know now we're just up into uh, the World Series. Um, NBA fan. You can play these games, and you know the lineup that you're going up against, and that's what makes this so unique. That's what makes Stat Hero so unique. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. Go to stathero.com slash 710 ESPN. Sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's absolutely unheard of in the industry. Stathero.com slash 710 ESPN. That's stathero.com slash 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Very happy to have Mark Medina as a guest of the show. As always, uh, Mark Medina has done a fantastic job covering the NBA, now an NBA writer for NBA.com. Mark, thank you for the time, bud. How are you? Alan, always good talking Lakers with you. Hope you're hanging in there. Yes, you know, it was yesterday. We're both sitting there and we're getting a chance. This was pregame. We're taking a listen to Coach Vogel. Uh, Lakers end up finally getting a win. It had been, uh, believe it or not, uh, May 27th, the last win for the Los Angeles Lakers. I know we had an offseason, preseason games, a couple regular season games, but Lakers finally get a W. Um, Can you just give me your overall thoughts of the regular season so far, what you've seen from the Lakers, and some likes, dislikes. They're sitting at 1-2, and finally get that win against the Grizz. Yeah, I mean, as you know, Alan, it's it's really early, and the Lakers knew going into uh, the season that it was going to be a process because uh, integrating a really good star like Russell Westbrook into the de facto third option uh, can take some time, and there's also 11 new players. So I think even though the Lakers have maintained that everyone has the buy-in, the right intentions, 
Uh, those things can take time to sort out. But even though it is one game, I think that there were tangible benefits of just having the win, not allowing another loss to compound frustration. And I think it's also validation of, you know, when you're doing the right things, eventually the hard work pays off. And, you know, obviously if it was the other way around, uh, you know, the Lakers would be going under, uh, you know, you know, even more scrutiny and pressure to, to rectify everything. And that's not to say everything's solved. Uh, you know, they had some good things. They almost blew the game at the end. But I think that, you know, they showed – Improvement in Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony is really good in that bench role, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis have continued to stay healthy. So it's all about kind of trying to build on those things so that they're at their best later on in the season. Mark, you know, we'll stay with Carmelo for a quick second. I mentioned earlier in the show that um, I thought, look, Carmelo coming to the Lakers was excited about the addition, but I'm also understanding, okay, guys, 19th season in the NBA, he's going to have a role where he comes off the bench, and hey, if the guy can give you 12 to 15 points, um, he hits a couple open jumpers, you know there's going to be a lot of focus on the other players. That's a It's a great role for him, and it's a shooter that the Lakers need. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to come out every night and drop 28, but do you think he can play a bigger role than I just described, or do you think that 12 to 15 points, having a good game here, a bad game there, is that is that the proper expectation to have, or do you have different expectations for Carmelo? No, I think what you outlined is the proper expectation. There's going to be like games like there were last night where Carmelo Anthony's playing like he did in his prime, but then there's going to be games because of matchup purposes or just an off-shooting night that you know he's not playing a really – significant role here and I think the key is you know I, I've always loved Carmelo Anthony's game but the reason why he's been able to kind of rejuvenate his career is he's adjusting new circumstances you know he's taking on a much more secondary role you know from a cap perspective the teams aren't investing a lot of money in and so I think that's where you know he reached that crossroads you know toward uh, you know a few years ago when Oklahoma City bought him out and then Houston signed him for 10 games and then waved them was, you know, how much is he willing to continue his career if it comes with the ask of taking veteran minimums deals, taking a reduced role uh, without any assurances of playing time and shots. And something that he has been able to embrace and accept. And because of that, you're still able to see kind of the, the mellow of old during his prime, you know, during his years in, in Denver and New York. So I think from both, the Lakers and, and Mello, it's a win-win because he's accomplished so many things in his career, just, you know, climbing to number nine past Moses Malone for, you know, all-time points, uh, but he has yet to win a championship. So I think, you know, the stars have aligned for this partnership to work. Mark Medina, NBA writer for NBA.com, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Uh, Mark, I, I'm going to read you off Russell Westbrook's stat line yesterday and the – Kind of the idea and the concept here is what he is today and what you think he'll be in two, three, four months down the road for the Lakers. So yesterday, 13 points, 13 assists, 7 rebounds, went 5 of 15 from the field, and also had 9 turnovers. Um, I'm trying to, as best as I can, when when Russell Westbrook is at his best with the Lakers, and I think that's safe to say that will be further down the road where they've played 20, 30, 40 games together or whatever the case is, um, from a kind of statistical perspective what is Russell Westbrook on this Lakers team what is not just a perfect fit but realistic I mean that's the great unknown I mean my opinion uh and again I caution that you know this takes time but 
I think you see snapshots where, you know, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis can become the NBA's most dominant duo or trio, but you see snapshots that they could be the most combustible. And I think Russell Westbrook is going to be the primary factor with that because I think assuming they're going to be healthy, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to deliver what you expect. They're the top players in the NBA. They have a great chemistry, and Russ is the great unknown. And I think that he showed some more progress with his playmaking. He's not forcing the issue. You know, he's deferring to LeBron and AD while still being aggressive. But the reality is he's got to be a more efficient shooter. Um, And that's not to say that you expect him to suddenly change his stripes. But I think that he has to be remaining a scoring threat while, you know, really tapping into the shots that he shoots well. And when it comes to, you know, three-point shots, I wouldn't say pass up an open shot, but I think you, it's really important for Russ and the Lakers themselves to put Russ in a position where it's all about accentuating strengths and hiding his weaknesses. That's something that is really done a lot to role players because there's more limitations. But I think in Russ's case, he is an all-star player, but his strengths and his weaknesses are so pervasive, both for better and for worse, that the more that they can kind of tilt how he's being played and all that toward his strengths, the better off they'll be. Mark Medina, NBA writer for NBA.com, joining Lakers Talk. Uh, Lakers taking on the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow. Uh, Tip-off will be at 5.30. Pre-game show will start at 4. Um, you know, it, it's interesting, Mark, because you mentioned Russell Westbrook and what that's going to look like. It's the great unknown, and that's that's really actually a fantastic way of describing Russell Westbrook right now. Um, it's not just him, but it's just the team, how they play together, what they'll look like, what role players will step up that we might not be talking about right now, how Anthony Davis kind of continues to evolve in his career, LeBron at age 37 in December, what that's going to look like in three, four months. Um, when you look at this team, just totality, is this a, hey, let's really assess this team by December 1st, by January 1st, is what we're seeing on a night-in-night-out basis in the early part of the season, even if they get off to a good start, because we know they have a, the, the schedule. They started out 0-2, they beat Memphis yesterday, but there are a lot of winnable, extremely winnable games Lakers will be expected to win, at least over the first 10-15 games. Do you really not get a chance to gauge the Lakers until further down the further down the line where um, they get a legitimate chance to play with each other and these guys get to kind of try to figure out what that chemistry is. Yeah, I mean, this team is very much constructed for a deep playoff push. It's it's all about, you know, how healthy and effective are they are toward the end of the season. And so barring any significant injury to LeBron or AD, and certainly don't hope anything on anyone there, but you know, that aside from that, there, it's hard to really proclaim any big picture implications, good or bad, with where the team's going to be. Because the reality is, with 11 new players, it seems inevitable that there's going to be hiccups along the way. And uh, because of the top-heavy talent with the Lakers trio, it's inevitable that there's gonna, they're going to be able to collect a lot of wins, maybe even ones that aren't the prettiest, uh, such as perhaps these upcoming slate of games in San Antonio and Oklahoma City and then back for a homestand against Cleveland and two games against Houston because those teams are all projected to be in the lottery this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the challenge that the Lakers are having is 
you know, a lot of times historically NBA teams that are constructed for the long haul, they have had the value of continuity where they can afford to just prioritize health over anything else. And here in the Lakers case, health is the, the number one priority, but there's no way around it. They need the regular season to get game reps uh, so that Frank Vogel can iron out rotation, so guys can iron out chemistry, so those things aren't an issue for the playoffs. So if this timeline for the Lakers were, you know, a two, three, four-year window, it would be a lot easier to navigate. But the reality is, you know, the Lakers are in championship or bust now mode because, A, that's how the Lakers are. But, B, LeBron James, he's been really good. He's just laying father time. But he only has a number of years left in his career. Um, so, yeah, it's all about win uh, or go home at this point. So it'll be interesting to see how they navigate uh, some of the, some of that tight rope. Mark Medina, NBA writer for NBA.com, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Mark, what what'd you make of this? And I, I know um, I, I thought it was unique, and I think quickly it was um, maybe not swept, over, uh, swept under the rug, but the page turned. What do you think of Friday night, just seeing Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard um, you know, their disagreements, you could say, on the sideline, only the second game of the season. What'd you make of it? For me, you know, I, I've mentioned this already. I mentioned it earlier in the show. Uh, it threw me off a little bit. I wasn't expecting that two games in, number one. And also, those are two guys that um, have already won a championship together. They're obviously uh, incredibly well-established, future Hall of Famers. Did Did you take anything away from it? Were you surprised? Do you think um, there's anything lingering in that, or you take their word that whatever squashed is squashed? Yeah, well, honestly, everything I think remains to be seen because just like the performances, um, you know, the long season will have a way of playing itself out. I was very disconcerted that, you know, only two games in, there's so much frustration already that it got to that point where because of a disagreement over a pick-and-roll coverage um, that, you know, Anthony Davis is having a lot of strong words for Dwight to the point that he's not initially listening and then to get his attention, AD's in his face, and then, you know, Dwight's standing up for the bench and then AD's putting his hands around him. But I was encouraged that they were able to, you know, rectify that really quickly and not make it bigger than something is. But where it tilts in the scale, I think short-term, encouraging in the sense that it didn't boil into something bigger. They had a very productive film meeting on Saturday. They didn't really talk about the incident at practice because they felt like it was behind them, and they were able to win Sunday. But I think, you know, for better and for worse, this whole season will reveal itself of how capable – the Lakers are of being able to, you know, fast circuit the chemistry, um, but also how they handle adversity. And so whether or not AD or or Dwight got into it Friday night's game, I think it was a concern in and of itself that only two games of the season, the Lakers were very frustrated with calls not going their way, um, you know, shots not going in, mistakes compounding, uh, so we'll we'll see. That'll be a, a very interesting thing to see how it plays out. But I think in the short term, they did show some signs that they can be a problem-solving team as opposed to a team that will just bury itself in conflict. Mark, a couple of quick NBA questions as we get through the first week of the regular season. Um, 
Is there a, a team in the Western Conference that we're not talking enough about that you think will have some impact in the West? It, is there a team that stands out? Is it as simple as saying, well, the Warriors because they're 3-0? Or um, is there someone in the Western Conference that we should be paying more attention to? Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, it's really wide open this year. So if I had to project, I think Lakers are number one because of their talent and, and their ability to, you know, fast-track this process. But behind that, I think you can make a case for any combination of Utah, Denver, Phoenix, or Golden State grabbing that number two spot. You know, Phoenix has the continuity from last year's final run. You know, the Utah Jazz, uh, you know, they're all, they have the most continuity. At this point, they're fully healthy. The Nuggets have known, have been able to play without, you know, key players, in this case, Jamal Murray, and make the best of their circumstances. And the Warriors, you know, Steph Curry is back and playing at his best. Draymond Green is as well. And there's a much, uh, I think, more consistency with the supporting cast and the expectation that Clay Thompson will come back in January and be at least serviceable. Um, but I think because of, you know, the injuries and the, and the, the difference in continuity and chemistry, you can really make a case for either of these teams. I think underneath that, it's going to be interesting with how well the Portland Trailblazers fare. Um, you know, Damian Lillard last summer was talking about how he wants to stay in Portland, but there needs to be more urgency in improving the roster and revamping things so they're not just, you know, the team that makes it to the playoffs but then loses in the first round every year. And, you know, I know talking with Damian, he's much more encouraged with where the direction of the team's going with the hiring of Chauncey Billups and how he's, you know, really helped, uh, you know, spark a, a fire under the guys. And, you know, even though the team wasn't able because of their cap situation and just – realistically weren't able to really make any dramatic free agent signings. He was encouraged with how they improved on the fringes. So I think because of how well Damian Lillard is playing and the fact that he's still in his prime, you always have to give them a chance uh, to make some noise. And I think the fact that, you know, they were able to, to make a, a key head coaching change, maybe that's a team that, you know, jumps from the second tier to the first tier in the West. But that being said, the teams that I mentioned, the Lakers, the Suns, the Nuggets, and the Warriors are really going to be difficult outings to contend with in the playoffs. Mark, fantastic stuff, buddy. I always appreciate the time on the show and uh, uh, certainly get a chance to see you when the Lakers are back in town. But thank you for uh, taking the time to join the show. Uh, thanks so much, Alan. See you soon. All right, that is Mark Medina, NBA writer for NBA.com. I'm going to hit off one thing that he just mentioned right there. He talked specifically about some other teams in the Western Conference. I want to actually hit on the NBA for a quick sec. And then plus we'll uh, preview the Lakers, taking on the San Antonio Spurs and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Really kind of look at the outlook for the Lakers for the rest of this week. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, is your vehicle due for a service? Head into your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change Home of the 15-minute drive through oil change for over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you. No dragging the kids to a dirty waiting room at Valvoline. You stay in your car, you stay safe, while the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. I've said this before, I'll say it again. Um, I personally go to the one, I've used two different Valvoline oil changes. use one in Hollywood, I also use the one in Pasadena. It's such a quick, convenient service. 
Don't give yourself a headache. Don't procrastinate because the check engine is light. Check engine light is on. Just go handle the job. Go get it done. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Thank you again to Mark Medina taking some time uh, to join the show. Always great insight for him. A um, couple things that he hit on. So we're talking a little bit about the Western Conference, just the NBA in general. So I got a few NBA stories here. We'll continue to preview Lakers and not just the Lakers and the Spurs tomorrow, but just the outlook for the Lakers uh, week here and over their next 10 games or so. But I'm going to do that in just a second. Um, NBA, what a fantastic start. What a great start for the NBA. And listen, um, you know, you kind of watch these games and you understand how early it is. So you're a little cautious to say, oh, my gosh, did you see the jump that this team got off to? The Chicago Bulls, or look at Charlotte, how great they're playing, or look at the Golden State Warriors. But really what I think these first couple of weeks or this first week shows for the NBA is any given night, any team can beat anybody. And I don't think, you know, I genuinely, genuinely don't think that's a crazy statement. If I just go back to yesterday's game, and I know I already talked a lot about the Lakers-Memphis game, but... Memphis almost beat the Lakers here at Staples Center. Memphis is going to be a top seven, top eight team in the Western Conference. They could walk in and win a game. The Warriors did it. They're going to be, you know, they did that without Klay Thompson. Phoenix is going to go up against any squad. And then you got all these other new players on new teams. You know, one team that I keep watching. I know this hurts Laker fans. But uh, the Chicago Bulls, what an exciting team. Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball. Um, you got other guys on other squads, whether it's teams in the Western Conference or watching LaMelo Ball, what he's doing. I watched some dude in Toronto, some rookie. I'm texting Michael Thompson on Saturday. I'm like, you you watching this guy? Um, so I, I think that's kind of the excitement of what the NBA is and uh, what we have coming up here. But fantastic start in the uh, NBA so far. And I think when the dust settles, the teams that are supposed to be winning will win and the teams that you expect to uh, get back to being average will probably eventually be average, but certainly a good start there. Um, okay, so schedule coming up for the Lakers. Can the Lakers go seven and three to start the season? Can they go seven and three? I know there's Laker fans listening right now saying, "Now, what the hell are you talking about?" Here they are sitting one and two. They started zero and two. No, they're not going to start the season seven three. But let me uh, let me make my case here. Let me at least kind of just tell you what the Lakers got coming up and. Why I think this two-week stretch is critical for the Lake Show, um, you're not going to have too many games this year or too many stretches this year where you're pretty much expected to win every game. And that's what the Lakers have in front of them. So the three tough matchups, which, by the way, were all at Staples Center. Yes, I don't know about you. I'm disappointed they went one and two. You know, two and one I think would have been a fair assessment right there. Um, But they got that win against Memphis yesterday. This is what the Lakers got coming up. Tomorrow, the San Antonio Spurs. If you don't know much about the San Antonio Spurs, they're not expected to have that good of a season. I mean, this is supposed to be one of those teams that uh, they started off one and two, like the Lakers. They've lost two games in a row, um, but it's it's a lottery team. 
Okay, how about on Wednesday? Lakers on the road against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Again, go back to this. This is a lottery team. This is a team that they've started the season out 0-3, and nobody's going to expect them to do much. So those are your two road games coming up this week. Friday, you got the Cleveland Cavaliers. No one's going to expect much from the Cavs. Sunday, you got the Houston Rockets. No one's going to expect much from the Rockets. Um, Certainly not this season. They're in complete rebuild mode. And then next week, the Rockets again at Staples Center, and then the Oklahoma City Thunder. The real tough game that you're going to have is at Portland coming up a week from this Saturday. So that's your 10-game schedule right there. Yes, you started off 1-2, and two, but I think it's very incredibly realistic that the Lakers start off the season 7-3 uh, and three and should be expected. And if they start off 6-4 and because they, they split this series against Spurs and Oklahoma City, and then they win these other home games and then lose against Portland, uh, it would be a disappointing start. Like I said, the schedule is going to get really tough. And even if the Lakers get off to a good start, I would still hesitate to say, oh, hey, they figured everything else out. No, it's because of the competition that they're playing and they just have that much talent. The last thing you want is they're playing 500 basketball through the first 10 games. And oh, by the way, they got a lot of tough matchups coming up. And, you know, obviously that's going to be um, part of the strategy for the Lakers is trying to get off to a good start, but more so because the schedule is in their favor. So that's something I always. Uh, like to point out for the Lake Show that when you have opportunities to take advantage of how um, the schedule works to your advantage, take advantage of it. Quick shout out, one of our partners here on Lakers Talk, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive through Takes about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Always appreciate their partnership. As we're coming to a close of the show... Um, as always, always appreciate you guys being a part of Lakers talk. I got one injury update for tomorrow. So earlier today, Lakers send out their status report on some of the injuries. So, of course, Trevor Ariza, of course, Wayne Ellington, of course, Talon Horn Tucker, and, of course, Kendrick Nunn. All those guys will be out. Some of them are out for, you know, obviously four weeks or eight weeks or two to three weeks. Each one of these guys are on different timetables of being reevaluated. The interesting one here, LeBron James' right ankle soreness is probable. So, um, it's not a lock that LeBron will play tomorrow against the San Antonio Spurs. We saw yesterday um, had a, had a little bit of a, a injury to that right ankle, and hopefully he's all good and all set to go. Um, as far as tomorrow against the San Antonio Spurs, Michael and I will start our pregame show. We'll start at 4 o'clock because tip-off's going to be at 5.30, so looking forward to that. The game against Oklahoma City Thunder will be a little bit earlier, so make sure you're tuned tuned in for that. Tomorrow morning, I'll also do the Travis and Sleeva show, so Travis and I will handle business uh, bright and early in the morning starting at 10 a.m. Bright and early. I'm making it sound like that's uh, incredibly early. Thank you to Laura Romo-Lopez. Thank you to Christopher Morales, Mario Ruiz. Appreciate you guys all being a part of the show. If you want to download the, um, the Lakers Talk podcast on the ESPN app or on iTunes LA, have a great rest of your night.